Man, Anthony Davis is on a tear, the beard and the claw return, and Trey Young is told to stay home. I'm Rosa Panta. This is Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Feeling good, feeling great. How about you? I'm feeling good, man. John, how you living, my friend? What is good? Let's get it. And of course, Sammy, how you living, my friend? I am good, my man. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. And, you know, we're going to talk about some basketball here. Anthony Davis and the Lakers have won eight of their last 10. Well, actually, eight of their last 11 because they lost tonight. And in those games, Anthony Davis, 35.3 points, 15.6 rebounds, 2.9 blocks. His shooting over 60% from the field and over 40% from three-point land. And now, I want to ask you guys, if you're the Lakers, and you know, there were like rumors about possibly trading, possibly breaking this team down, what do you guys think now? Do you guys feel differently? You know how I feel. So I'm going to let... I'm going to let the non-Laker fans... There you go. Go first. So please, oblige. This is a good question all of a sudden it's it's not three and ten anymore it's not are we giving one away to the to the pelicans man gotta credit davis like i don't know exactly what he injected in himself some prp or some platelet rich hgh or whatever it is but it's doing a fine <laughs> job uh, he's well, been on yeah. a tear man like uh all things considered he left tonight's game early but hopefully he'll be all right but uh Right now, I think you make a trade around the edges. Maybe. I know I saw talks that they're looking at potentially using Nunn and Beverly for their salaries. I do like that idea. Beverly has been one of the worst players in the league this season. Uh, outside of team Wipe leadership. Wipe that smile off your face, it. Sammy. It's funny. Uh, <laughs> so I would go with that. I, I keep Westbrook there. And I mean, Davis for now, the only thing is if you're really going to make a bold move is do you consider selling high, but... I'd be curious to see if you can actually get those French pieces and put some shooters around. So I think that's the route I go. Since we're going non-Laker fans first, JJ, what do you think? You well, selling high? <laughs> on, and am I selling high on Anthony Davis? Just in or, general. Would you consider yeah. that or what would be your direction here? Well, it's kind of crazy, but we said in the beginning of the year that the Lakers did look really good on defense and defense wins championships. They needed to fix on the rotation minutes and I got to give it up to their coach, um, Coach Ham, since he's been working on that and he's not playing, you know, he's not, they're not forcing their hand on him like what they did with their previous coach and force centers to play with LeBron and yeah. Westbrook and these kind of like situations where you're not letting your coach coach. But I did want to bring up some cool stats about um, Anthony Davis, which might lead us to some conclusions on what they could do in terms of their roster. With his uh, point total from last night, seven points came in half-court possession on ball, meaning that he scored on the post, isolation, and pick-and-roll ball handler. Last year, he was getting criticized that he handled the ball too much, okay? He scored seven points off of that. In transition, he scored eight. So that would be running on the fast break, uh, filling in the lane, and so on and so forth. So half-court off-ball, meaning that he got the ball off cuts, dump-offs, putbacks, 
spot ups or slipping from the pick and roll that's where he scored 40 points meaning that they figured out a way where he could work well with the ball handler and you know how stephen curry he's known for his gravity they found a way that he is the actual gravity as well anthony davis and they're now winning so they're not over 500 yet so the lakers even though they have the main component piece which is defense to win the championship let's build on chemistry so i like what you said sammy get rid of those bad contracts get some shooters and i don't know i don't know if i would if i'm still on this boat john but um maybe get rid of westbrook how do you feel about that Oh, I'm not on that boat anymore. I am, I am on the championship boat. I am uh, pulling the flag up, dude, on there. I'm putting the anchor down. I am ready. I got my sailor's outfit and my captain's hat. That's that's how far I've gone here, guys. Okay, okay. I am, to exactly. I am turning a full 180, and I know that I was doom and gloom before, and I'm sorry, but I and maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe I am going way too far over here. But you know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna roll with it. If AD plays like this, this is the AD that we've seen, and and there's an argument to be made that he is. This is a better AD than what he was playing in, in New Orleans. 2017, yeah, 2016, or even the 2020 AD. I mean, uh, it's a short sample size, right? This is 10, 11 games. So the big question is, can he keep it up? Obviously, the talent is there. It's the health. The health is the, the main concern. But JJ made a great point that they are utilizing Anthony Davis in a way that I think a lot of people were hoping for. I mean, him in the pick and roll with Anthony, da or excuse me, LeBron James. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're getting the, you're putting the defense off balance and you have to make a decision there. Are you going to, are you going to commit to LeBron James or are you going to try to commit to Anthony Davis? I mean, that to me is like a complete mismatch every single time down the court. Or you can kick it out to the open shooter. I mean, even with Westbrook, he is crushing it in assists recently because he's finding the open guy. He's making the right play. And how can I mean, how can you not when you're playing next to guys like Anthony Davis and LeBron James? I mean, absolutely. To answer the question, the Lakers need to try to make a trade around the edges, like Sammy was saying. I think they really have something here. They figured something out. The defense was always there from the beginning of the year, but now the offense is there to match it. And and maybe I'm again, maybe I am being the homer here with the purple glasses on, and I probably am. But I honestly think that this team can make some noise. I mean, you have LeBron James, he's 38, but Anthony Davis, but they can make some noise this year. And so I think they just need to add a little bit more shooting, and maybe a little bit more size on the wing. But I I like what I'm seeing, guys. Bro, what do you think? Darvin Ham, good coach, man. That's that's all I really need to say because I think everyone looked at this roster and said that the geometry on the court doesn't work, right? And has found a way to make it work. Winning winning eight of your last eleven games—that's super impressive. That's hard to do, especially with not a lot of spacing. And like you guys said, they're they're probably a move or two from having a legitimate, like well-rounded team. And they're really doing it on the defensive end as well. So I want to ask you guys, Anthony Davis is playing some ridiculous defense here. Sneaky defensive player of the year candidate? Question mark. 
Definitely, because right now I don't think there's an undisputed leader in the clubhouse, which means that the hot player at the right time could easily take that award, especially if he's getting exposure. I think so. Definitely Dark Horse, Defensive Player of the Year. And outside, slim chance, if the Lakers can get a top <laughs> oh my four seed, we go. <laughs> I'm just saying, if they can get a top four seed, uh -huh. you have to consider AD for MVP if he continues to put up similar numbers like this. I'm and not saying, that I'm saying that it's a boat, long shot. It's a long shot. In that boat, Westbrook would also be the sixth man of the year and Darvin Hatton would be the coach of the year. Is that correct? Naturally, obviously, duh. Come on. <laughs> okay, so I already know John's already sailing off somewhere where there's championship rings. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure where he's going exactly. But I want to ask you two. Do you guys think the Lakers are legitimate title contenders with what we've seen the past 11 games? JJ, what you think? Legitimate title contenders? Yes. I mean, I'll just say that they haven't been successful for the last two seasons. But I hate... Um, I want to give the props to the Lakers because they deserve it. It's it's come on, man. You got LeBron James and AD. All the past two losing seasons, I don't know who to put the blame. But if you have those two players, I guess it just proves that chemistry and defense goes a long way. And the Lakers are living proof of that, right? So I, I, I'm impressed. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, there's a caveat here, too. The eight wins, Brooklyn, Detroit, three games against the Spurs. Who plays the Spurs three times in a week? Your Los Angeles Lakers, too, apparently. <laughs> Portland, and then a very impressive win in Milwaukee, and then at Washington, who's been solid this year. So are they a title contender yet? I, I can't, not without some roster movement. I will say the next five. I think are going to tell us a lot because they're getting a, a good piece of the whole league. So the next five is at Toronto, at Philly, at Detroit, home Boston, home Denver. So you're getting some teams that aren't great, but then you're also getting some really high-end teams. I'm very curious to see. I mean, they, they proved they beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee. Not a lot of teams do that. So I yeah. want to see if, yeah. if we get a trend like that where they beat, you know, Boston and Toronto. Then we're talking, but I, I think they need another move or two. I don't think as is this roster is ready yet. They, they still need spacing. Bad. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And we're actually going to take this to our next topic here. It's about Trey Young and Nate McMillan. Super weird reporting here. But basically, I guess Nate McMillan and Trey Young had a discussion or something was said where Nate McMillan didn't agree with Trey Young's shoulder rehab approach. And he said, quote, you're going to play off the bench or don't show up at all. So it was like this verbal sort of argument that they were having. And Trey Young decided not to play on Friday night. I wanted to ask you guys what's your reaction here with this news between Nate McMillan and Trey Young. Hmm. It's kind of weird because if you like followed the Hawks and the fan base, they're kind of split. Like 50% they're taking Trey Young's side and 50% they're taking Coach McMillan's side. So, it's, you know, when you think about the players and coaches relationship, you think about, okay, who's the ideal fit? Uh, it would be Pop and Duncan, Steph and Kerr. 
doesn't seem like Trey resembles those kind of players, right? Uh, next, you move on to like players that got their coaches fired that had legitimate reason, maybe. Magic uh, fired LMU's great coach, right? Um, Paul West, West, uh, Westhead, Westheld, Westheld, yeah. Um, you had um, that incident where Magic was in the right because it proved that he won the championship. LeBron and David Blatt. Black got fired, LeBron won the championship. So can Trey Young do that or does he have the equity to do that? Mm. Let's think about that, okay? Or is he like is he like the Warriors a while back where they chose the coach over the player where, you know, in that case would be Don Nelson over Chris Chris Weber. Fellas, the way that I'm reading the room is that I don't think the Hawks would ever, ever give up Trey Young, right? He doesn't resemble like a Magic. He doesn't resemble like a Tim Duncan. But would they pull what they pulled with Chris Webber? Probably not. I, I this left such a bad taste in my mouth. This whole thing. And yeah. Just... Let me kind of shoot a response question to you on that. Of all the players that we would define as faces of the franchise right now in the league, this is a question for everybody. Is there one that you would want less than Trey Young right now of the players you could think of as the face of your franchise? Kyrie. Is he really the face of the franchise, though? Because it's KD, unless he's the face of... Never mind, I don't want to go there. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see your point, though. But is there, is there? Like, this is an honest question. It's not rhetorical. Is there a player that's considered the face of the franchise, not someone who just happens to be the best player on a bad team? I can't think of one. Yeah, I'm trying to go through them, like, in, in my head right now. I can't think of a single yeah, person, because we got, I, like, John Morant. We got Steph James Curry. Harden. Well, I would say Embiid is the Embiid. face of the franchise, yeah. really, though. Embiid's the dude. So that's the thing. That's where I struggle yeah. here is just, I agree with you, Jay. I don't think they would pick McMillan over him, and I don't necessarily know if they should because McMillan seems like a solid coach, but he doesn't seem elite by any means. Yeah. But just the way that Trey carries himself, and I know that there was an article, I think, posted in The Athletic recently Sim saying Sim that Amit. they aren't happy with yeah. how he carries himself. And I completely agree with that. And this... This doesn't help, man. Like, just, just come off the bench. Don't make a story out of it. Because what is it? What's the message it communicates to your teammates and the fan base? If you're saying, if I'm not playing the way I want to, if I'm not starting, I'm not going to play at all. That says you're in it for yourself, as far as I'm concerned. It's such a bad look. And with this team, they clearly mistakenly, or well, call it what you want, but they think that they're a top-end team. Otherwise, they would not have sold off everything they did to get Murray. So I I can't stand the look of this. I, I completely disagree with Trey Young's choice of action, but am I being too harsh, John? I don't... You know, I'm... I was a big Trey supporter. I actually like his game a lot. I, he's a volume shooter, and he he puts up a lot of shots to get his points. I think he's averaging he's averaging 28 a game and 10 assists, which are great numbers, but then you have to look that he's shooting 40% from the field. So in a way, I kind of agree with you. 
I, I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze. And I know that sounds... What, what I mean by that is that is Trey... Like, is this going to be a problem? Because you... A reoccurring problem, I should say. Because when you have someone who has behavioral issues, a lot of the times it doesn't happen just once. I mean, ask ask uh, JJ and Ro. They love Draymond Green. So they they know what you know behaviorally if you have if you come up with if you have an issue it's going to come up and up again but you, if you know how to deal with it if you can deal with it if he's still an asset on the on the court if it doesn't affect the game and they're still winning then maybe the, no, this is all just you know water under the bridge it doesn't really matter but mm-hmm. the like Sammy said the hawks aren't exactly a championship team like the warriors right they haven't proven anything they haven't won the championships so it's a lot easier for someone like Draymond Green to get away with the stuff that he gets away with now I, don't, now, I don't think that that same privilege or that same leniency should be attributed to Trey here. So I, I, I'm agree, I agree with you guys. I think, I think Nate McMillan is in the right, but we'll see if this, this, this kind of behavior continues. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what side I'm on, really, just because I don't, I don't think I have enough details. But what I, what I do know is that apparently the Athletic has said that there has been ser- like various other conflicts like throughout this season um, between Trey Young and Nate McMillan. So that's not really a good sign. I I kind of wanted to say that I don't really like what's going on with Trey Young and the Hawks lately anyway. Like, I don't like the showboating that's yeah. going on. I don't like the conflict that's going on um, internally. I don't really like even the the addition of DeJounte Murray and that kind of like showboating duo that they have now, are they becoming one of the most disliked disliked teams in the NBA right now? What do you guys think? Sammy said that last week, man. It's like, I don't like what's going on. And I agreed with him. Yeah. Uh, Nate McMillan, guys, his career record as an NBA coach to defend I guess the Hawks players, or Trey Young in this case, is he's sitting a little bit above 500, which is not really good, right? He's he's right. been in the league for a very long time, and he doesn't have many winning records. Number one, and but number two, like if I'm gonna argue against Trey Young, his he is not getting enough blame for how poorly he played last year and all that smack that he was talking. He did not back up his play one bit, and I'm surprised that. No one has called him out on it. Is that facts or what, Sammy? John? I I think so in a sense. And I think part of it is just the highlight age we're in, the guy makes a good highlight. Yeah. It's it's easy to put his stuff on quick YouTube clip on SportsCenter for people who still, you know, watch the sports-based show for like the quick highlight package, things like that. But uh, I'm with you on that. And I really... I'm not a huge fan of the showboating in general. Like, there's a showmanship that certain players had. Michael Jordan has it. LeBron has it. Steph has it more so than most of the modern NBA. And then there's showboating to me, where it's like making a point to, you know, show yourself off, whether it's earned or not. And I feel like Murray and Young especially fall into that. And that's why it comes off so poorly as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I completely agree. That's it. No, it comes off. It comes off poorly because we have to look at Trey Young's hair. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, tell me I'm wrong, right? It's it's okay. And I know we're gonna jump to the next topic, but the reality is, is that 
there are a lot of guys in the NBA, right? That showboat and talk smack like Trey. I, I think if we look at it objectively, there are guys who are on the same level. But we look at them differently because of their personas and the way the way that they they're something I wanna say their physical appearance, but their reputation and so I think if we're being objective, I think that's the truth. But that's just my opinion. We can move on. I'm gonna take us to our next topic here. James Harden came back. John's uh, early MVP pick this year. Oh, you did. Apparently, you, did, you went there, didn't you? I, I did go there. It's okay. You can defend it later. Um, he's, he came back, and apparently, he did not make a single two-point shot. <laughs> he was 0 for 8, 4 of 19 overall. And apparently, Doc Rivers said, yeah, James Harden is going to be on a minutes restriction tonight. He played 38 minutes. This is kind of weird. <laughs> I want to ask you guys a couple things, okay? First, Doc Rivers, what the heck is he doing? Two, yeah, asking that question for 10 years. Go ahead. Two is, are we worried about James Harden? What do you guys think? Worried about oh, okay. James Harden? Okay. Yeah, of course we you want are. To start with, you want to start with me? Who, John, who talk about the MVP campaign. Yeah. Coming back. First of all, okay, in my defense, he was putting up MVP numbers before he got injured. He was. I mean, it, granted, was. It was like, granted, it was like three games, but still, <laughs> right? It was. It looked promising, albeit a short, short oh, stint. <laughs> so, should we, should we be worried? Bro's question. Should we be worried about James Harden? who did not make a single two-point shot, 0 for 8. And I, I didn't see the game, I didn't see the highlights, lowlights, I guess we could say. And I don't know how many of these were layups, what are what, like little floaters, which he likes to do. But four for 19 is is pretty, pretty bad. And playing 38 minutes as a minute restriction. So Doc Rivers, I don't like, does he know what the word Mr. Restriction means? Or is he like, is he thinking of a different <laughs> word? Because 38 minutes out of 48 in an in NBA game is not really restricting your minutes here. Just just uh, to, to be blunt. So yeah, I, th- I think I'm a little concerned about the Sixers. Not just Harden, but the Sixers in general. Um, their coaching was always was always uh, you know sketchy, and I, I think we all know why. I mean, Doc Rivers his, his reputation precedes him, and other than that Boston championship where he had four Hall of Famers, three Hall of Famers, arguably four with Rondo, that you know, he hasn't done much. You have Embiid, right? Who's obviously the big, the, the star of the team, but can you trust Tobias Harris? Can you trust James Harden in, in crucial moments? Can you trust Doc Rivers? And my answer to all three of those is the same one that I tell a lot of people when, I, when they ask me to go out on the weekends because I'm old now. It's no, 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 no. Oh, I thought you were gonna say maybe. No, well, <laughs> do I say maybe sometimes? I say no, usually. <laughs> Only made my once a year outing, but do you guys agree with that? I mean, JJ, do you, do you, am I am I going? Am I just like slandering the Sixers inexplicably? But I feel like I have a point here. What do you think? Oh, you have a great point. Um, it doesn't help that when you have your ball handler, he's 0 for 8, but then he's also shooting 4 for 19. James Harden, if you are 0 for 8. What, what's the rule, guys? June, what's the rule? If you can't get going with your flow, what do you do as a shooter or scorer? 
you get to the line. You get to the line, and what happened last yep. year, gentlemen? What changed? Oh, he oh. just stopped shooting, or he stopped driving. No, You're talking about stopped, the rule change. The rule change. Yeah, they stopped calling oh, right, the, right, right. the ticket yeah, it, yeah. It's the the rule change. So, I mean, one, you're, he's getting older. Two, he has this hamstring injury that plagued him last year with the Nets. So this is a reoccurring issue. And then three, it's like, has he really adapted with the rule change? You have all these crazy superstars adapting to it. I'm going to say that he hasn't fully adapted to the game yet. And um, I remember, frankly, you three saying that that that's going to be a level of concern for last year's playoff run and this year's uh, you know, string of games if Harden could actually adapt to the new rules. And I haven't seen that. So, you know, to you know, answer your question, John, your your feedback on the Sixers, I would say, is definitely spot on. Like, Sammy, is that that assessment right on as well? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think this there's just something off about this team in terms of the chemistry, in terms of the roster construction, um, coaching, although we've talked about that probably <laughs> ad nauseum at this point. Yeah. But you just you look at just the players on this team yeah. and in certain ways it felt like they should flow together a little bit but Tobias is just not fitting on this team he's obviously paid far too much for what he's doing but once they made that trade they locked themselves into that contract and they knew they were going to max him but then I look at like the PJ Tucker signing and I get that PJ Tucker is not there for scoring and he's not necessarily there purely for statistics but if you're paying a guy 10 million a year he can't start and average three and a half points a game. He just Patrick can't. Beverly. Yeah. Bingo. Uh, and they started winning when he stopped starting. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, like you look at that the game we're talking about, went to double overtime. In 42 minutes, he had three points and six rebounds. Like I said, he's not Ouch. there necessarily to score, but the, the contracts on this team and the roster construction combined with the coaching, like the something this team is desperate to make a move they've got to do something they've got to add some athleticism i know maxi is out and that'll help when he's back but it just feels off this team feels like it's missing something or who knows maybe a coaching change will give them an infusion of a different direction that they need but between the age of Harden and tucker and some of these pieces and then the injury history i just I, I don't know. I don't see this getting that that much better yeah. than it is right now, barring a massive roster change or a coaching change. Absolutely agree with you three. We're actually going to take a short break with a word from our sponsor. The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns. When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Download the app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, we're going to take it to our next topic here. We're going to talk about the LA Clippers. And they not—they don't only get Paul George back. They also get Kawhi Leonard back. And in this game against Charlotte, he knocks down a step-back mid-range 
jumper with 1.4 seconds remaining on the clock. Kawhi Leonard does, that is, in a game winner. I want to ask you guys, now that we've seen Kawhi back, Paul George back, what's your general feel of the Clippers? Are you guys feeling more optimistic? Are we back to being like they're going to be the shoe-in for the Western Conference? How do you feel? Sammy, don't don't jump up and down too, too much. I will defer the way John did on the Lakers topic and let yes. my, my fine co-host start this one. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. I have been... I've been clamoring for this. I was waiting, salivating. No. So I feel like Sammy feels this way because he did say something before we even started recording is that he woke up and this is the sentiment that I feel to be, if I'm being completely fair, objective, is that Sammy woke up to check. So Kawhi Leonard hit the game winner last night, right? He woke up this morning to check the news to see if Kawhi Leonard had any ailment, injury, if anything was, if he has knee inflammation, or if there were reports of him sitting out or, or having to like, you know, ice his knees on the airplane or whatever it may be. And I, that's the sentiment that I have around this team is that, and I know because I'm a Laker fan. So AD, LeBron, they've had injuries the last few years. It's like that. And I don't, that's it's not really a, a good reassuring feeling because you're, you're, Instead of enjoying a win, you're you're thinking about the future games because you know naturally the outlook is the end of the season, the championship aspirations, the goals, the ultimate goal that every fan of their team has, and the reality is that Kawhi Leonard is when he plays, he's a pleasure to watch. He is one of the best players in the NBA when he's healthy. The same thing you say about AD, right? But that doesn't these days it's very seldom that he's consistently healthy mm-hmm. and it's it's sad to see and like we were talking about this off offline is that i think we we're starting to think that he has a degenerative and i don't know if it's been reported on that but like a a, a knee issue that's just not going to get better like it's something that he's going to have to deal with however long he plays and he's going to have to manage it and it's sad to think about because he's such a great player he's such a great talent he's he seems like a great guy. He's a fun guy. He has one of the worst laughs probably I've ever heard in my entire life. But but the guy can ball. I, I, I love Kawhi Leonard. There we go. Thank you. I think people forgot. So, like like JJ, do you do you have that same feeling? Do you do you like? And I, listen, I'm not look. I'm not a Clipper hater by any means. But I really I am concerned about the team because I don't know if they can stay healthy. I hope they can, but I don't. I don't know if they can. JJ, what do you think? No, uh, I agree with you, man. And uh, I kind of feel Sammy's pain as a Niner fan. It's like, is it an even year or is it an odd year? Because if it's an even year, there's a probability that Jimmy G might get injured. And lo and behold, Jimmy G's, you know, one of his most efficient years in his career. <laughs> oh man, he gets injured. But you know, like what you said, John. Like you don't want to see a these superstars not play 80 and Kawhi and Kawhi is one of the very 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 rare NBA superstars yes superstar superstars that could take over a game defensively one through five like control the game the tempo through defense which is really really difficult to do in a game and we'll see like 
as the Sammy, as Sammy is the Clipper Homer, he he always says and warns and says with caution, like if they could just stay healthy, if they could just stay healthy. And I know that that should be always a given, right? Like when people say, like, well, if it's a contingent on being healthy, that's for every single team. But for the the Clippers, that just seems like the mantra, especially with Kawhi. Yeah, definitely. And I mean. It's, this team is like the opposite of Atlanta because obviously I watch them very closely. They like each other. They get along. Ty Lue, as I think we would all agree, is a top five head coach in the game. Just mm-hmm. a tremendous strategist. All the pieces on this team look so good when they're together and they're legit 12 deep. And the nice thing is right now, it doesn't seem like, like Covington gets a lot of DNPs during the season. No one seems to complain. Everyone likes their role. Maybe it's because he makes $11 million and doesn't have to play half the time, but... <laughs> uh, like, what a hard they, life. What a they, hard all, life. they all legitimately seem to get along, and it's it's a credit to this team that Powell's missed a few games. Kennard also came back last night. He was out six games. No one outside of, I think, Jackson and Batum has played every game, and they're still the five or six seed. I mean, that's a credit to how deep they are and how well coached they are. So going along what you said, Jade, it's about health. I think this team needs about 20 solid games where the bulk of them are together, minus like, you know, Wall and Kawhi not playing back-to-backs, just to actually figure out what is our five-man unit, what's our nine-man rotation look like. If they can establish that and go into the playoffs healthy, I have no doubt they can beat anybody. But do I actually think they're going to go to the playoffs healthy? Honestly, I have to be pessimistic. I'd say less than 50% chance because we have to go on prior history as a driver. And Kawhi misses all this time. And I legitimately think now he's not sandbagging anything. I really do think that he does have a degenerative condition as just being ultra cautious. But in addition to that, I love what PG's become for the Clippers. He misses a lot of time too, and it's not talked about that much. Yeah. So... Yeah, how old is PG? They're both, uh, he's 32 and Kawhi's 31. And that's the kind of the underbelly of this team that people don't talk about a lot is there's a lot of guys in their 20s, but PG's 32, Kawhi's 31, Reggie's 32, Morris is 33, Batum's 33. This team's not young. They've yeah. got maybe a two-year window if everyone stays healthy. And even, so, and like and, and like a 31, like a 31 Kawhi, but with his injuries, he's, he's not like, he's like a, right. He's yeah. like a 30, like a healthy 34, 35 year old. Yeah, and when with him, it's interesting too, though, because I think when he plays, I know the numbers haven't been there this year, obviously, because of all the minute restrictions and stuff. But actually watching him on the eye test, he looks like himself. He's getting to his spots, he's confident. I have no doubt about that. So I actually think when he plays, he'll be fine. I don't think we're going to see necessarily a decrease in his performance. It's just physically, is he going to be out there or not? And so. The main thing is you look at the way the playoff schedule is and it's every other day and it turns into a grind when you get into the second round, the third round. So if they right. get that far, can he be relied on that he is going to feel good, that that knee is not going to stiffen up? If he does, I have no doubt, especially with the way the West played out this year, that they can at least get to the finals. But we it's, we got to see it, man. I mean, Kawhi for Embiid, would you do it? I might be, I'm, this is me being a homer, but no, because you know, Embiid's got his own DGen conditions too, yeah. in his knee, so Kawhi I, would, yeah, I, would, say yes. I would think would about it. I would really think about it, though. Sammy, would Kawhi, Kawhi for AD, would you do it? Oh, no, neither of them play. 
I would, I would do uh, Kawhi for for Embiid, and I, I wouldn't fault Kawhi. it. If you said you would, I would not fault that in the slightest. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense, and yeah. like I said, I'm I'm purely saying, and I'll say this for all the listeners now, I'm being a homer by saying no, and I know I'm being a homer. <laughs> my my biggest reason yeah. why is is that I truly, uh, sorry, sorry, Sammy, I'm gonna kind of drop a bombshell on you. I really think this is Kawhi's last year to get a championship ring before things go really downhill for him. Like, I don't like the way his recovery is happening at all. I don't know. That's just a general feeling that I get. I know when he hits the floor, you know, he does things like shoot game winners and is still like a sniper from from the mid-range, which you don't see anymore. You don't see superstars perfect the mid-range game outside of who? Like, DeMar DeRozan, maybe? Might be the next person. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But just... Everything is either inside or outside. And, and Kawhi Leonard is the person that does that. But Joel Embiid, I feel like, would have more legs to at least play for the next five or six years, so to speak. Legs. I know. You're, you're right on that. Like, objectively, that that's a trade you make 10 times out of 10. It just is because no, of no, availability. No, no, no. no you, you can't. Listen. The, you we don't can't. Think so? We can't. No, no, no. I'm going to say we cannot pair. Kawhi is a good guy. You cannot. Get him back on the on the bus with Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers. That's on. a great point. Okay, I appreciate that is not your, a, uh, That's not a, That's not okay, guys. That's I not okay. That, that yeah, is not okay. Funny man, you look at the rest of the team. Like they even draft well only with second round picks. They've got a bunch of guys in the roster that are contributors. They were all twos because they traded all the ones away. I mean, I would be curious to see. And obviously, I'm not hoping for this, but if it turns out that that knee is shot and they need to make a move. With all the resources this front office has, with Bomber behind them, what would they do? I would be very curious to see how they would pivot because Bomber's not going to tank, man. It's not, yeah, you that's can true. tell it's not in his DNA. So yeah. I, I'd be very curious to see that step, but obviously, knock on wood, he's back. Let's, let's hope he's actually fully healthy this time. And I don't care if he skips back to backs, I don't care if he plays 35 games total in the regular season, if he's healthy in April through June. Yeah, only time will tell for the Los Angeles Clippers who are sitting at the sixth seed right now. But that is all that we have for today. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you all. John, thanks for being on. Hey, thank you. Have a good night. Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Thank you, as always. Appreciate it. And shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All-NBA Podcast. And follow us on Twitter, at Clinic All-NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.